The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. We're going to hear from David Faber in just a moment. Futures fairly steady. Really only two big stories today. There's FBB Financial halted for news after Thursday's crash. And, of course, February jobs, 311,000 with some relief in hourly earnings, work week, and labor force, some of the benchmark yields near a six-week low today. We're going to begin with SVB shares halted. As we mentioned a few moments ago, Jim, you were talking to Andrew. You'd rather wait than surmise what the news is. Yeah, I mean, who wants to be a part of the story? Uh, that's just a bad call. What I do know is this. It's big enough to change the, the narrative because we found out both sides were bad. We found out that if you lend against uh, securities that are not public yet, well, that's terrible. And then you got to put more collateral. The first is really sui generis. Silicon Valley is the only one that really did that kind of stuff. Uh, like J.P. Morgan would never touch them. Uh, the second is difficult because if there's really a lot of portfolio risk, duration risk, meaning that the sensitivity to, the, to what the Fed does uh, is a little bit greater than we thought, then the Feds can't move with the alacrity. And that's why I'm saying that barring uh, some bad read of, this, of, of, the income, of these numbers, yep. this morning at 830, Fed goes 25. 25 over 50. Yeah. Uh, David Faber, of course, off today, but as is common, David, calling in with yeah. news, especially with the story we're watching today. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a typical day off. We're going to get news. Um, <laughs> we're obviously keeping a close eye. I know you guys are on Silicon Valley Bank. Um, you know, a few things to share here at this point. Uh, as the market already seems to be well aware, though, I don't believe the company has formally announced, and that may be why it is a halted news pending. That capital raise that Goldman Sachs had embarked on is a fail. Um, it's not going to happen. Uh, there are plenty of reasons people can point to for why. Um, they certainly didn't seem to time it particularly well in terms of crystallizing a loss uh, and then going out to the market as opposed to actually having the capital raise when they knew they were going to take that loss in that bond portfolio. But beyond that, I can also tell you that separately, the, uh, the bank, Silicon Valley Bank, has hired advisors, not Goldman Sachs, has hired advisors to seek a sale. Um, again, not unexpected, right? You would expect, given the inability to raise capital and the fact that deposits are fleeing this thing at an incredibly rapid rate, that they then would go to say, okay, can we get sold? Uh, and I am told that there are large financial institutions who've looked at this bank for some time um, who are at least considering taking a look. Does it mean that anything will happen? Absolutely not. In a situation like this, as you guys can well remember from the financial crisis, uh, deposits can move very, very quickly. So by the end of the day, who knows where things stand? But I can tell you that there is an, a, a separate advisor from Goldman that has been brought in, that is taking inquiries, that is reaching out, that large financial institutions, large financial institutions are at least taking a look at Silicon Valley Bank. Because, Jim, as you know, and you were just discussing, I mean, it is a franchise that is somewhat unique in negatives perhaps in some way, but also in positives. It's connection to high net worth, the VC community. So it is something that a number of banks have looked at in the past, 
uh, if you could get in there quickly, uh, stem the, the outflow of deposits, you know, you might actually be able to pick something up of great value. So that's at least what I'm hearing right now. Uh, and as we all know, this is a very dynamic situation. Absolutely, David. This is a formerly pristine enterprise in the sense that what they did was they had so much of whatever came public that they would be the envy of most banks. But, David, you know, the window being closed for IPOs is what's causing these guys to have a lot of pain, not recklessness. I also didn't think they were that reckless in the way they invested. But because of the duration risk and, and the Fed's uh, move with such alacrity, that backfired. So these are, this is not a reckless bank, David. It's just that, you know, a J.P. Morgan would never lend against those securities. Right. I mean, no. Uh, listen, you have all these venture capital um, companies, or I should say startups, whatever we want to call them, Jim, right, that had an expectation sure. of going public at some point. But now we're drawing down on the very deposits in terms of that they had at the bank. So you had that going on. And as you say, during the period of 20 and 21 that we know well, there was so much incoming that they had to go out, but they couldn't lend against it. Uh, and so they just went and bought bonds at obviously yields that are far lower than we have now. You're right. This was not necessarily um, bad actors. It was just bad timing uh, to a certain yes. extent. Um, but I also do wonder, Jim, you know, I can take you back to your golden days, but what happened here? I mean, there's a way to do this. There's a way to crystallize a loss at this because they didn't need to announce it when they did. They, they, they could have set up the capital raise so that they could put a press release out that says, all right, we've sold this bond portfolio of $21 billion. We're still 300 basis points above our minimum regulatory reserve cap uh, of reserves, excuse me, uh, and we've raised another $2 billion just just to be safe. And I think the market would have been fine. They really I agree. screwed it up in I terms agree. of how they went about announcing oh, this. They totally did. I mean, when you think about it, how many times did Powell say longer higher. Yep. So, David, I mean, this whole period, what they should have been doing is trying to figure out how do they get out of a three-year piece of paper, four-year piece of paper, uh, and doing it at the same time saying, listen, this, this is, we're not selling, you know, even the you know, worst corporates. We're selling some of the greatest treasuries. So, I agree with you. I don't understand why the, what did a bank examiner come in, David, and say, we don't like the way this looks? Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, if you're going to take a $1.8 billion loss but still be well above your minimums in terms of your reserves, I, I don't understand. You could have sold stock at, you know, at, at, at below book and what, I, I don't know. It, it just and you it had, didn't go and well the way, for you them. Had, and now they find themselves in this terrible position where, obviously, you tell me, Jim, I mean, you know this story. How many deposits are going to get pulled today? Uh, what's this thing going to look well, like? Well, you end got of the day? you have VCs telling people to pull their deposits for heaven's sake. So a, a lot, anything over two hundred fifty. But David, they had Bill Ford, they had GA for five hundred. Yes. Why didn't they, they have did. two or three other Bill Fords? I know they did, but they priced it too high, and, and then they gave it too long. They could have set it up for when they actually were ready to announce the loss on the bond portfolio. It should have all been one thing. Um. That said, Jim, I, you know, what do you see as this? I mean, there's no systemic risk here from this thing. There are obviously a number of other banks that we know traded down significantly yesterday, some that will today. But what do you see in terms of reverberations, given there was a unique franchise here that's not necessarily replicated by many others? Well, most do not have both sides problems. 
Most do not have uh, situations where you lent against securities that may never be securities. That was an aggressive statute they always had. Uh, No bank, I think, of any size wanted to do that kind of concentration. Maybe they have some. I really haven't found many. And then the other side, the duration risk, that's real. But the way to solve the duration risk is for Jay Powell to say, listen, we've got to go a little slower. Uh, And we seem to have the leeway because the the wages haven't gotten that much hotter. But, David, the duration risk is a real worry for the regional banks because they all they're all caught by how fast the Fed moved. Right. And so we should just point out on paper, many of them have losses on their bond portfolios that are obviously that's the key here. But most of them are not going to have a run on their deposits. So they don't. They can just hold these but things David, for duration I, and lose them, you know. Would, and then it's, it's just a paper loss. I would go so far as to say, other than rumors of Schwab, and I hate to say rumors, none of these banks will have that risk. Why would you pull from Comerica to put it with King? Why would you? Pull well, only from if you're going to get a higher rate, right, Jim? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, People but you know, the Fed even controls rates. that. The Fed really controls that too. They all know. They know what the CD rates are. They know everything. There's warehouse funding lines. I mean, I really just feel like we got to separate the two. But there is commercial real estate risk, David, and that's work from home. And there is bond portfolio risk, but only if you force them. So I think that this is just enough to keep the Fed from moving aggressively, which we like, and not so bad as to bring the system down. It'd be a much different picture if the jobs number or some of the internals on this print of NFP had gone the other way. Yes? Yes. Well, look, other than travel and leisure, which we know they still have not hired as many people as 2019, uh, you really don't have anything that's that hot. You have more people coming back in the labor force. Notice, by the way, transportation warehouse down. Yep. That's tech again. It was infotech and warehousing. We, David, we have, as I've been saying from the beginning, the weakness in this economy is tech. It just turns out to be tech being far bigger than those who came on air and said it wasn't important. Yeah. I mean, this is, as you say, somewhat unique situation. Although one that was yeah. not unaware, the market was not unaware of this, Jim. I mean, we knew that they had an embedded loss in that bond portfolio for quite some time. It wasn't obviously part of their earnings because there wasn't an expectation they'd need to sell those bonds. Well, look, there's $600 billion, maybe more now, that banks are underwater. But again, an underwater Treasury portfolio is different from an underwater Cal Fed, Glen Fed portfolio of really bad mortgages, David. And I picked back then because I don't want some of the banks that we're talking about now. I just have to be careful. It's very easy to create a run on the bank. Some people on Twitter seem to be destined to create a run on a bank. And that's not our job. But I think, David, you have to, you have to recognize uh, what you said, which is that where was SVP, a very good bank, five days ago? Yeah. <laughs> Why did they? It didn't have to happen this way. No, no. I, think, I don't think it did. Many market participants are saying the same. They, don't, they right. scratch their heads in terms of at least why they did what they did the way they did it, knowing what they did, if that makes any sense. Well, you know, they have a lot of uh, enterprise software uh, companies haven't come public. Dave, how are those doing? <laughs> yeah, that'll be helpful at some point. You can't joke. At some point, maybe, Jim. It. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it, you know what I would do, Carl? If I had to spend, what would you think if I took a day off? It was my birthday and I called it. <laughs> it's like it's like doing a, lo- a long workout at the gym on your birthday. Um, By your the point, way, Jim, from about California, so I, it, I was up at four yes. in the morning. And he got, like up, just and he got up at six a.m. Just perfect. Yes. Um, well, Jim, to your 
to your larger point, I mean, the phrase of the morning is highly idiosyncratic. I think that's how Morgan Stanley I, I referred so. to the bank. But, you know, look, banks trade in an ETF because we created a world where we decided to forget about individual banks. Let's just do it as an ETF. I hate that stuff. But, boy, the money was so good. The promoters who did those things, I know they couldn't resist. But the fact is, if you think all banks are created equal, take a look at some of the research this morning, say from Morgan Stanley. The banks have all different portfolios. But the vast majority of them don't have the commercial real estate risk that I was worried about. I mean, that's, that's the S.O. Green. That's the Vernado. That's the Boston Properties. Right, yeah, we talked about it yesterday. Yeah. Right, so I don't mind that. But I do, you know, look, if Schwab needs to say something. TV needs to say something because there is a big block of, of stock for sale. We would love to know whether what the policies are of bank. Like, I, for instance, let's say J.P. Morgan, like Jamie Dimon. I don't think he would even touch lending against securities that are not public. I think he would say that's crypto in my world. Right. It's funny because the, the right. title of Ed Yardeni's report today is Jamie's Hurricane. And I wonder Jamie's if he's Hurricane. Yeah. Jamie's got an umbrella. The other guys, I don't I know think what they I, I, What he's referring to is the larger hurricane that, that Jamie Dimon said was possible in no, the banking system. No, Jamie just... No, I interviewed Jamie recently. I think he regrets hurricane. I think what he was saying is six... You could go to six. I think that the, the likelihood it goes to six is less as of this very moment. Right. I did, David, here's what I want to know. Without a guarantee of some loans, which did not happen in 2008... Why would anyone want that portfolio that SIVB has right now? Well, you know, I think if you can stem the deposit outflow completely or very quickly, uh, there is a connection to this community that is somewhat unique, Jim, that gives you real access to high net worth individuals that other banks would, would want. I mean, yeah. it is my understanding That's that you know, right. well, through time, a number of these banks have taken a look at SVB for that very reason. So. You know, that would be the reason you do it. But to your point, well, I mean, I w- you've got to move incredibly fast and you've got to be confident that you can just take me- control and everything stops, right? Uh, David's you can't, right. You if, can't if, be there and have no been with, Right. You know, David, there's a lot of guys who said, boy, we really did badly in, the, uh, in an enterprise software last time there, the window was open. This is our way. Boom. We can take them all. It's just that my problem is, is that a lot of those companies are not uh, going to come public. Right. Well, Bill Ackman would say it's a long-term bridge to economic growth, right? And right. his, his call for essentially his floating of a government but bailout. The partial, I, I don't like the word bailout because that implies that there are no GAs out there, uh, that it's just a big uh, it's a fiasco versus what David is saying, which it is a franchise. But then, David, you know you got to go in, you got to look at the books, you got to say, okay, this is an Andreessen uh, uh, VC, okay, so this is Sequoia, you know, and that takes a little time. You can't do it this weekend. Yeah, I know. But, Jim, as you know, in these things, time is of the essence. And, of I course, know. the government's also, listen, I, I don't know who's in there or not at this point. That's speculation. I can only tell you they're, they're at least talking to large financial institutions about trying to sell themselves. But you got to assume the government is in there as well to make sure no deposits are going to get lost. I don't know yeah, whether but this I mean, thing opens or not again. I mean, who knows? But, you know, you take a very fine institution like First Republic. Well, this gets, a, you know, the, you would say, well, hold it. How can you just be idiosyncratic when you got FRC down really badly? It's a San Francisco bank. Um, again, collateral damage makes it so that if you're J-PAL, you have to say to yourself, you know what, maybe 25. We caused a lot of these problems by moving so quickly. We're not getting a spike in wages. 
So why don't we just do, go back to the 25 thing? Now, does it mean he wishes he hadn't said what he had? What? Did he know about he Silvergate? He said if the totality of the data. He, totality. Yeah. He went totality. Yeah. But uh, if totality includes the joke that is Silvergate and the non-joke that is Silicon Valley Bank, I, I, did, I call them a joke because to be seized this early in the cycle was pretty early. They, they didn't read the room? No, uh, they, they, right. They are. They're pin square. <laughs> I, and SIVB may be caught in Illinois. <laughs> David, uh, we appreciate it. As always, stay by the phone. Okay, guys, have a great rest of the day. I'll see you Monday. Happy birthday, buddy. Yes, and Thanks, happy guys. birthday, uh, David Favor calling on vacation out west. By the way, as we mentioned, the February jobs number was 311. Uh, that was above expectations, but negative revisions on the prior two months. Uh, January's 517 goes back to 504. The real headline, Jim, is labor force three-year high, basically back to pre-pandemic. Right. And the weakest month-on-month earnings print uh, in terms of wages in almost well, a year. I mean, again, like you said, totality. Uh, does does JPEG want to say, you know what, I've looked at the Silicon Valley bank and I'm going to just go 25? No. But you look at this and you say, you know, maybe it's starting to go in the right direction. We only need to go 25. Uh, January was a red hot month. February is a cooling month. The retailers that I talked to indicate to me that so far, March, eh. Now, we only have 10 days, but the end of February was a weaker month for this country. The beginning of February was strong. So I wish Jay had said, but, you know, when we look at the second half of February, there may be a little deceleration because I see it with all the all the companies I deal with. Right. Uh, two year this morning, 472. This was 508 uh, two days ago. Yeah, that's people going back and saying, you know what, I'm going to do OK in the 10. Uh, I think that the two year is saying is saying 25 wants to see CPI. But, you know, when you deal with, say, the Walmarts and the Targets, none of them were crazy about how the last half of February was. I mean, there are it is a bit of a tale of two cities between months. Uh, only if you look at what was up at the Bank of America survey of spend, it's travel and leisure. Yep. And that is remember what that is. That's uh too much money, too little time. <laughs> yeah, not, and then not enough places for it to go, right? right? You said life is short. That's your thesis. That's the life is short, yeah. boy. You know, when you deal with retail, uh, like even Ulta, which is, as David knows, is one of my favorites. I didn't like their forecast. I thought their forecast was a little too conservative. Uh, when you look at Gap, raise on debt. I mean, Gap is no brand equity. I read that and I think, thank heavens they have a billion dollars in, in, in cash. Uh, I say that because that's directly related. That's the retailers reported last. And I hated what they had to say. Uh, Really? I mean, it's okay. I just hated it. But bonds are are saying that that February is weaker. And that's what the Fed wants. I mean, does the Fed say, you know what, we got to let's jackboot it and find out whether First Republic can handle it? Let's crush it and see if Hal Schwab feels it? No, that isn't. Why? Yeah. Uh, Going their way. CPI is going to be a, a tug of war. I know yeah. we talked about Goldman's above consensus call yesterday. Morgan Stanley, though, comes in a shade below and says they're, quote, holding their breath. Well, look, housing is still very strong. I know that Professor Siegel, whom I adore, was saying housing has been down by the have Remember, the bench, bench line is 2019. So housing is still too strong. Autos, very strong. Don't want them strong. Used car, very strong. Right. Uh, apparel, not as weak. You, you you don't have great ones in CPI. There was a bounce back, but it's only a bounce back because in this housing issue, that just has to do with mortgage rates, and, and mortgage rates are going to be down again. Right. 
Yeah, that's going to be an interesting question. Right. On the second round, are, are buyers going to get interested again? They are. Spring. And there are not enough homes. And we haven't been able to convert uh, t- tier two and tier three. <laughs> yes. But by the way, you know, I have to hand it to the mayor in New York. They're trying to accelerate these these uh, build, these they, dead buildings. And that's what's needed. Yeah. I mean, they're on the case, at least. I mean, they're, it's, they're, they're talking 800,000 units long term. Uh, I think that the mayor demonstrated uh, a level of a uh, vision about what has to happen. That really does. I mean, that makes it so that I don't want to mention which REITs have bad have bad commercial, but they could have very good residential, which yeah. is bad commercial yeah. right now. Uh, we're going to obviously stay on top of the fallout. Uh, we're thankful for David and his reporting. We'll see what happens when that gets lifted on news, if that happens today or in the near future. Futures, though, all over the place, pretty much in a maybe 150-point range on the Dow. Very exciting. Yeah, we mentioned yields uh, coming off uh, uh, their highs of recent days. Ten-year got below 3.8. That's going to take you back to early February. More Squawk on the Street continues in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. We have a lot of business, a lot of new AI companies uh, coming to Oracle uh, because we're the only ones that can run their workloads. And by the way, and, and we are cheaper, uh, but we're, so we're faster and, and, and we're cheaper. Wow. Let's get Kramer's Mad Dash on Oracle. Now, don't look at the stock for a second. Look at the conference call. Listen to Larry, who is much more outspoken, Larry Ellison. Uh, listen to Safra Katz, whom I think is fabulous. And what you hear is a company that bought Cerner, which was a okay medical health records business that is taking the industry by storm, winning big logos. I think we're going to start seeing winning from Epic, which is the king. Uh, Larry, we did not have the thought they had it on the 5 a.m. with Frank about how much at MD Anderson they're lowering 
the people who have to come back to the hospital, which is very good against Medicare. The cloud stuff that they're talking about, I think, is very positive. Yep. They bought back a lot of stock. It's very cheap. They're working with Jensen. Oracle was mentioned with NVIDIA. I, I like the call so much. And so if the stock's down four, logical place to go. Really? Yes. Uh, pretty much uh, cloud revenue, 48, uh, FX neutral, uh, 25% div hike. All right, got that. That's one of the top 10 div hikes this year. Bought back a lot of stock. Ellison is usually not so vocal, but he was talking about how great the Cerner deal was. I've been waiting for Cerner to start paying off. Big gross margin lift at Cerner, which is its medical uh, records company. This is one of the better quarters. And what it says to me is sometimes when you're really in a jam, Larry's the guy to go to. Now, and Safra. Th- these people are such old hands. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yes. Does it still, though, have the sort of dark horse uh, character that it had last fall, right, where people sort of had counted it out? Uh, it didn't until I heard that NVIDIA said they're one of ours. Uh, NVIDIA shocked me when they said, listen, we're working with Oracle. And then when Larry said, hey, listen, yeah, we talked to Jensen. Remember, Jensen being Da Vinci here, you want, you want that, the glow of NVIDIA. It means that you really are in AI. It means that you really are thinking. I mean, Larry had this great, great thought about how kids are using, you know, the, the AI to be able to like write papers, but they're using it to be able to get people out of the hospital faster. This was this was a tour de force masterclass conference call, and the stock was down four before they even started. Uh, no, no, that's a buy. Yeah, obviously being uh, painted with a broad brush today because of the tape. Totally. You're really interested in some of these West Coast banks that don't share every characteristic with SVB, I mean, right? Yeah, like First Republic is really, really good bank. I mean, no, I always wanted to be a customer of First Republic. It means that you've made it. And the idea that they are somehow looking like Silicon Valley, look, Silicon Valley, look, there's a good, look, they bought Moffitt Navens. They just got Sterling Audit from JP Morgan. This is in research. They are an outstanding research bank. They are outstanding when it comes to IPOs. First Republic's outstanding when you're rich. It's good to be rich. Uh, and, and as for some of the others, we mentioned... Um, PacWest. FR Zion. Yeah. You know, Zion, I mean, uh, what can I say? In, in 1990, I was worried about Zion. I was. But until today, it was like Bob Marley and a basketball player. Now it's back to me in 1990. <laughs> People are definitely looking back. Thinking about old times today. Let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC Real Time Exchange at the big board. It is BMO celebrating the recent listing of gold leveraged and inverse leveraged DTNs at the NASDAQ American Lithium Corp. We should mention gold, by the way, Jim, which is in the green today. I guess on the notion that if the Fed, if Powell really is constrained because of event risk and inflation doesn't let up, then what? Well, that's... That's no go. Yeah. That, that's the that's the nightmare bear scenario. And look, it's easy to bang. I mean, but I look at I look at the banks today. I look at Signature. I look at First Republic. People are not saying uh, it stops at SIVB. That cuts against the Fed doing more. But it's funny. You know what we should be talking about here? Why are we talking about Eli Lilly and Procter and Gamble? You know, things like Colgate. Those are the wins. You should be thinking about non-blast zone uh, consumer product companies that are doing very well uh, if you feel that there could be a recession. Or you should go back to, hey, here's an odd one. I saw a dramatic price target increase today 
for General Electric from J.P. Morgan. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? No, okay, that's because Steve Tusa doesn't come. I love Steve. But yes. I'm just saying that when you, some people are going to try to call bottom in banks. My experience is, is this is when you go to quality non-bank stocks being brought down by a contagion of a small bank that no one even knew except for, you know, Mike, Michael Nathanson and well, Stoliani. It is the 16th largest U.S. bank, is it well, not? Well, no, it's absolutely major, which is why I want to go to Procter. I'm just saying I don't want to buy First Republic uh, without knowing more, but I do want to buy a, a, a soft goods company that is that did very well where the costs are coming down, but they haven't cut price. Right. What I just it? want to be away from the blast. What, what is it? So you barbell def- like staples and you and yeah. cyclicals, and you keep cat in the wake of this uh, oh, downgrade I, today. You know, I want to. Okay, so the cat downgrade is focused on on uh, they do a lot of oil, mining can't ramp. My contacts at the company have always said the same thing. 2024 is the year that the federal government is going to is is, is going to make it so that every single anything cat makes is a buy. That's not in the numbers yet, the backlog yet, because it hasn't been, it had, the money hasn't even gone to Jacobs yet. And Bechtel, then that money then goes to CAT. So you sell it now because oil's at 77? Look, people want to downgrade CAT, and I've got to tell you, that's the wrong downgrade. Uh, Upplebee uh, has managed this thing. Uh, look, you know, Eden is right. Okay, so Dover and Cummins. But don't go against Upplebee here. Upplebee is not the old CAT management. He's a real smart fella. Uh, UBS goes to sell, by the way, if you missed it. Cats yeah, the worst, you know, they're going to look bad. Uh, worst performing down name this morning. By the way, it was Baird that cut to neutral just last month. So we've seen a couple of these in the last few weeks. Right. I mean, I have trouble. I mean, you look at those. I have trouble with 3M because of PFAS. I, I happen to have, uh, I have Clean Harbors on tonight. And they know PFAS. And they know PFAS is a nightmare. Uh, it, 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 very bad, sticky uh, groundwater pollution. But I do think that it's not a bad time to buy traditional blue chips if you can find them. But also, let's, why don't we just talk for a second about blue chip technology stocks? Has Zuckerberg made a mistake lately? <laughs> He's frighteningly on his game, isn't he? Yes. Well, the TikTok story is uh, gathering speed. Oh, they yeah. hired a big DC lobbying firm. TikTok did? Uh, yes, SKDK. Well, they, they've, got, <laughs> they've got the work cut out for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now reports today that actually a company spokesman saying they're considering a decentralized social network that would exchange basically a Twitter competitor. They just should move out of China entirely, which they can't because they're Chinese. Uh, watching, obviously, SVB, one of the huge stories of the day. We talked to Faber at the top of the hour. Who's back? Uh, David, is there more? Yeah, guys, uh, thanks. I, you know, I just wanted to come back because obviously we did share with, uh, with our viewers the headlines um, that we had in terms of... Um, potential for the company selling itself or trying to. But as we pointed out at the time, these things can move so quickly. And I just wanted to share that you know, what I'm hearing is that, in fact, they are moving very quickly in terms of deposits moving out, making it very or more difficult for any buyers to really assess and consider uh, a purchase of the, of the bank. Um, perhaps a bit too early to say, but nonetheless, it, it would already appear that those attempts to potentially sell this company, and again, there were a lot of interested buyers based on the franchise, but the attempts to potentially sell it certainly seem to be running into the, to the reality of the moment, which is it's hard to buy something when all the deposits are fleeing. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, again, we, we have to, I think the market has to prepare and uh, prepare for 
the possibility that uh, that there will not be a sale, and then you can leave it to your own imagination as to what that means. Um, we have to assume the government regulators are already already in there uh, as well. Um, so it continues to develop, but I, you know, we certainly share the news as we get it, uh, and right. there's no doubt that it's factual that there are buyers that were looking uh, and being talked to. But nonetheless, Jim, as you well know these situations move perhaps too quickly for any buyer to really be able to get something done in the time you need to. Right. I mean, you look at, like, let's say J.P. Morgan. They could, they could buy anybody. That's how strong their balance sheet is. They don't like this kind of lending. They don't like the lending and stuff that may be chimerical. They're too good. They've got a great investment management prop. They would never do it. Uh, Goldman, uh, no. I mean, you go down the list. Bank of America is such a conservative bank. There's no way they're going to do that. So look what people are buying today. Newmont, because of gold. They're second. Don't buy new. I mean, well, whatever. You can buy Newmont if you want to. But I'd rather, buy, <laughs> I'd rather just go buy the yellow stuff. Eli Lilly, that makes sense. No balance sheet risk. McDonald's makes sense. No balance sheet risk. Constellation Energy makes sense. Utility. American Tower makes sense. Real Estate Investment Trust. Marathon Pete, numbers too low. Campbell Soup, numbers too low. Great quarter. Uh, electronic Arts, <laughs> eh, please. But, you know, that's a good list of, of, of what I'm saying you should buy. That's what's rallying right now. Yeah. And then if you really look, you really want to stick your head in the lion's den, just go buy J.P. Morgan. And right. I don't right. want to be in the lion's den. I've always, I never liked the lion's den. But, you're, I mean, everybody is now scouring the, uh, the assets of all of these regional banks or all, many banks just looking for duration risk. Uh, even though, exactly. frankly, you need to have deposit outflow to actually bring that into play in terms of crystallizing losses, which is still unlikely to happen. But nonetheless, you're going to see a lot of weakness in any of the, any of the companies, any of the banks that have some relation to SVB in the sense of that duration risk was really at the heart of the problems that they're having. Um, yeah, there's 700 billion so in sure treasuries, David, that yeah. are probably 700 billion in treasuries that are called into question. But what's interesting is if you want to solve duration risk, you let these you, you hope that these um, notes run off. So, David, if the Fed keeps saying we may have to move aggressively, then those banks are going to keep going down every time. Right. Because that's the weakness in the system. And that, by the way, is a very powerful weakness with very powerful constituents. You know, PNC's got constituencies, key constituencies. These are not, these are like bedrock, small, medium-sized business lenders. David, you know, everybody loves them. Yep, yep. Um, well, that's it for me, guys. I, I don't want to keep Why? bothering you, but uh, I did want to. Ah, you're not bothering us. Give us a jingle. <laughs> Give us a jingle around 9.50. <laughs> we'll see you in a few minutes. Here. David, Comerica. David, come back with Comerica, will you? <laughs> It does actually. Right. Thanks, David. It does re, does remind me, Jim, whether or not you think yesterday you posited that Powell should have talked more about the other side. Well, and I, I, but we've not heard any of these Fed officials talk about disintermediation, uh, creating deposit outflow risk. No, and he should have been more aware that he's hurting the very traditional banks that did the right thing and bought a lot of notes. Maybe they didn't move and say, uh, well, let's go. Uh, the, the Fed's going to go higher, so let's move. They didn't do that. These are very conservative banks that are being crushed by the Fed. And that does, that's, that's wrong. We don't want that. The Fed doesn't want that. I mean, does the Fed want to cause the banking crisis? Do they want a 1982 banking crisis? And not, do they want a 1992 banking crisis? They're giving us one now. After today, they're giving it to us. And that's not right. They, remember, they don't care about the stock market, but they don't want to be the reason why right. a, a regional bank that's been pretty conservative 
uh, does stuff. Look, watch MasterCard, watch Visa. Those were the ent- entities that you always bought when you felt there was credit risk because they don't have credit risk. So right. watch those. Two. But but speaking of the stock market, we just lost 3,900. Right. Uh, the 50% retracement of October to February is 3,850-ish. Would you expect strong support there, 50 points below? No, not until this SI. You know, you got to solve this thing. Got to solve Silicon Valley. You can't because... If it's seized, if it goes to zero, I, look, you know, when you say these things, I, I've always tried to be very hard to say, listen, don't pull your deposits out because it's reckless on air to say your money's not safe in that bank, right. which is what I said once. It got misinterpreted. And I, you know, I'm not going to ever let it happen that in my career again. I was trying to say, I don't want anyone pulling out their deposits out because that's not right. Because we shouldn't cause runs on the bank. But I've got to tell you what's going to happen if they decide, if they just, if the Fed gives, you know, look, it's not going to be that long before you're for the Fed. They're not going to, if they break their silence, that'd be incredible. You and mean say, break the blackout window? Yeah, that'd be incredible. It's just saying, listen, we've got new information, which makes it so it's a little bit more in the middle. That'd be good. They could, but what's their goal? To save the stock market? Absolutely not. But the regional banking system is, there isn't anyone in Congress that's against Regional banks. Regional banks. They're the most favored nation group of companies sure. in the country. Um, this is, uh, you, you sound like you're a Denny today, given uh, given the the chatter about distribution. What, is he horse? He says, our advice is to go 25 right. um, uh, in March and then give it a rest. Actually, give it Ed's a rest for good. a while. I've always liked Ed. I think that makes, you know what Ed is? He's got horse sense. Ed's got horses. He certainly knows the bond market. Yeah. I mean, look, that's, I mean, what we're calling for here is a common sense approach that would make it so very good banks like First Republic are not pummeled as a contagion to a bank that, in retrospect, maybe should have been more thoughtful about the way it handled its bond portfolio and less aggressive about the way it lent against companies that have not been able to come public. Uh, we haven't really mentioned crypto itself uh, and the fallout there. Bitcoin did fall below 20K, lowest since mid-January. J.P. Morgan yesterday, Jim, said the, the size of the stablecoin universe is shrinking. Right. Uh, VC crypto funding, which was running $8 billion a month last summer, is basically falling to nil. Right. It's too early to buy Solana. It is too early. To buy Solana. And Ethereum? Too early. I mean... No, no, get out of that. I mean, that's the rabbit in the hat. Well... Jay Powell is very funny with the rabbit but he has no timing. Someone has to get to him and talk to him about timing. But I'll pop rabbit in the hat. <laughs> timing. Because, because, yes, because what would have happened is that that money, this is the speculative money. He doesn't like speculative money. He would like to see these go much lower. But, you know, if, if Jay asked to, hey, Jay, give me, a, give me a jingle on this. Because First Republic just was halted on a trading pause. And I can tell you that there are banks that would buy First Republic and a heartbeat. Real banks. Real banks want that franchise. Real banks. Yeah. Uh, we'll watch that. Um, you know, one thing we did not get to, but I want to get to it before I run out of time, is the anniversary of the Haynes Bottom today. Yes. Uh, March 10th, 2009. It was coming off of that uh, historic low, and this is what Mark told Aaron at the time. Take a listen. However, I'm going to step out on a limb here. Uh, this I is really, the big, hold on, I, everyone. We've been I, waiting for this. I think we're at the bottom. I really do. Uh, he was referring to the Dow 200-day. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, 14 years later, we're still, we're still playing well, it. One of the reasons is, as a great friend of Mark, 
when we had a, as a company decide you couldn't own stocks, and Mark was furious and livid about that, and mentioned many, many times, he always felt without skin in the game, you can't be good. So he stopped making predictions. So for him to break his own restraint and rule made it even more so very, very potent. It, it's hard to look, obviously, I'm not going to now's the time. I mean, you know, things in history kind of rhymes, but sometimes it's doggo. Yeah. And, and I'm not going for anything like that other than to remember how great that call was. Uh, pretty amazing. And uh, people love hearing about it, I'll tell you that. Uh, he was great, man. Yeah. I wish he hadn't been so restrained by, look, I have a travel trust. And I wish Mark had created a travel trust where I can't keep any of the gains. I have to give everything away. Because when he had, look at this GE on this JP Morgan bump. Because Mark, when he had owned stocks, and I don't want, I don't want everyone running foul of the SEC. He was on his game. I used to, I used to email him back and forth about because he was had like Rowan drilling, and it'd be like Mark has skin in the game. But we, that got obliterated, and I understand that. But if he had had a travel trust, because uh, we, you know, because again, I can't profit from my travel trust. Yeah, I do have an investing club, and I do it to be able to show things, people how to do it. But that pain's bottom was Mark stepping out of his role that he stopped in 2000. That's how important that yeah. is. Well, we know, what, you know we have the ticker. would have been M-A-R-K, I assume, right? Why not? Yeah, we miss him. So we're holding in here at 38.90, let's say. Uh, Dow's down 170. Watch Abvi. Abvi. High, high yield, made the quarter, decent bond decent, decent uh, play. Yeah. It's a bank, and it's got uh, an advantage of Botox. Let's check in with Bob Pisani this morning. Hey, Bob. Good morning, guys. Happy Friday. Uh, We moved up on the jobs report on the futures. Uh, Of course, lower hourly earnings than expected, and that's good. We want uh, job um, wage growth to be moderating. Uh, And yet, look how we opened here. We opened basically down, and only a few defensive sectors were on the upside, and even that uh, now down. Utilities opened up. Consumer staples opened up. Healthcare opened up. These are your three classic defensive sectors. They're holding in there. Everything else is generally weaker. And of course, the uh, KBE, which is a subject of a lot of attention down again today. So it's been a really rough open. Let's just take a look at some of the big uh large regional banks. Uh, Silicon Valley still halted. We are uh, news pending. We're waiting for that to open right now. But Zion's down. Again, M&T, uh, First Republic, Huntington. Uh, Hunt- Huntington Bank shares down, what, 16 17% this week. Zion's down close to 30% this week. These are rather breathtaking. These are not small. These are what I call super regional banks of significant market capitalization. So if you take a look at the, uh, uh, at the uh, KB. The bank index down about 16% uh, this week. That's uh, the lowest close we've seen for that since, well, it's December 2020. So uh, this is quite a big move down and rather unexpected, I have to say. Uh, The question is deposit risk. I've been joking about my mother for the last two weeks. She called me several weeks ago saying she was at her bank and she was talking to the tellers and she was going to withdraw money from her bank deposit account and put more into CDs. Uh, and she'd been interested in doing this, and they have her calling, uh, they're calling her, telling her when things are lower or what, when the deposits uh, rates might be better or higher. And the bottom line is my mother's the leading guard about all of this. She's aware of this. So Treasury yields are competing with bank deposits. My mother has been calling me. If that's not a yield top, I don't know what is. When it gets out there into your level of your mother, that's when the public's really aware of things. So deposits costs uh, are going up. 
uh, and that's pressuring, deposit costs are going up, and that's pressuring things like net interest income, net interest margins, and that's a problem for the bank. So there's an additional issue out here on top of that, remember, and that is that quantitative tightening is also having the effect of withdrawing money from the banking system. That's also essentially putting pressure on deposits as well. So you've got yields going up, uh, competing and quantitative tightening uh, at the same time. So what you want to take a look here uh, is uh, the Russell's been under some pressure right now, and a very good reason, because the Russell 2000, small banks are really the heart of the Russell 2000. They're about one quarter of the size of the weighting in the Russell 2000. Uh, everything else is really just small. Believe it or not, technology is a very, very small part uh, of that, as opposed to, for example, the technology weighting in the S&P 500, where effectively it's over 30 percent. So this is uh, one of the reasons the Russell 2000 has been underperforming. And you look at some of these small banks. There's a lot of banks out there with $2 billion, $3 billion, $4 billion in, in market capitalization that have been under a lot of pressure uh, this week, uh, down more than double digits uh, at this point, down more than 20 percent. Uh, so that's really where you want to look, uh, the, the strength of the deposits uh, in a lot of these smaller banks. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. We'll see you in a little while. Uh, busy day here, Bob Pisani. A quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club. Days like today more than ever. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club. Or you can always use the QR code on your screen. It takes you right there. Dow down 200. Definitely a defensive tilt. Best performing names are the Mercs and McDonald's of the world. As for yields, two-year, awfully close to 4.6. And the 10-year, three and three quarters. We're back in a moment. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Haven't quite touched on DocuSign. Some uh, decent results getting overshadowed by some executive moves, Jim. Yeah. Quick thought. CFO. Uh, Adobe Sin, Microsoft moving in. In other words, stay away. Uh, down 20% here at the open with the Dow down 130 off of the initial low. Stop trading with Jim is next. It's time for Jim to stop trading. Just let's keep it on First Republic. Uh, stocks down huge. Keep in mind that they did a 2.5 million share offering that was upsized from 2 million at 140. One month ago, uh, yours at 47, and they do have a page on the website that says they offer customized solutions to support the unique challenges of private equity and venture capital firms. Hmm. So let's say you're a major bank. You just look at that portfolio. You say, oh, I see they didn't lend against real bad stuff. And then you buy the company because it's one of the best in the world. Yeah, we'll see. We were right. just talking off camera. JPM went green. Well, Although JPM's, B of A and Goldman have not. JPM is they don't do this stuff. We know that they don't do this stuff. Now, look, I'm not saying go buy First Republic. I am saying that that's where, that's, that's the line, not SIVB. The next one, if there's contagion, is First Republic. But First Republic's pristine bank, so we have to see what happens. Right. Because I don't know what they did with those customized portfolios. I know what SIVB, they lent against companies that never came public. Yeah. Oh, there's a look right there. We'll, we'll watch that one for sure. That's the, other, the one? At the other post. I'm not a canary. I don't buy that stuff. What they are is, you know, if you're going to ring fence, this, this, these guys have to make it. <laughs> yes. They just did 2.5 million. They did exactly what David said. Go offer a lot. Go offer shares. Uh, they did raise money. I don't yep. know. Yep. Jeez. So how, how are you going to do all this tonight? 
Well, I got I, I have a terrific, you know, Clean Harbors is all about uh, pollution. Hey, Realty Income, that's a company that is, is a REIT, and there's a lot of REIT contagion. Let's find out. And uh, then I'm going to just look at my pictures from fishing. When did I fish? It was a couple of months it ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. Oh, my. But anyway, look, I, I don't want to mock this, but this is not as this is more like 1980, 82, where I met with the largest principal in 82 of Continental, Illinois, uh, at a party, and he told me not to worry. And I said, oh, I'm worried. So that's the problem with the bank. They can't say, I don't yes. worry, because that's worry. Yep. And that's why it's so hard to be able to st- stanch this, it, which is why I say go buy the drugs. Go buy the stuff. Go buy Campbell's Soup. Man. It's, it's definitely what they're quarter. doing this morning. Get some goldfish. We'll see you tonight, Jim. Mad okay. Money, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, an important show tonight. When we come back, more on the turmoil involving SVB and its impact on the banking sector as the Dow's trying to find some legs here now down 90. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.